Alright, hey everybody, uh, welcome to Tara and Andrew versus the Scarecrow Video Movie Guide. I'm Andrew. I'm Tara. And this is part 42 in our 3726 part series wherein we pick a movie mostly at random from the Scarecrow Video Movie Guide, watch it, do some research, and tell you what we thought and learned. Uh, Andrew says mostly at random because for the month of October we limit ourselves to the Psychotronic chapter of the Scarecrow Video Movie Guide. And that, that's a chapter that has the, the horror movies and the sci-fi movies and, and weird stuff like that. Fantasy. So we're, we're doing it in the hopes that we'll get horror movies to fit the, uh, the season, but uh, we will see how that works out. Yeah. So we have one hard and fast rule uh, where we must watch whatever movie we select, as long as neither of us have ever seen it before. We are honor-bound to obey the will of the guide. The will of the guide, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and uh, in the last episode, the, the Will of the Guide had us watch At Midnight, I'll Take Your Soul, which was at the inspiration for Chris Hardwick's show, I think. Zay was constantly yelling points all the time, right? I thought, yeah. Just points. Points. Timely. Timely references to a show that's no longer <laughs> on the air. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was a good movie. Brazil's first horror movie. Yeah. And uh, pretty interesting. Yeah, definitely. Um had some unique elements to it that I think might have only happened because Brazil didn't have filmmakers making horror films there uh, before this came out, so trod new ground. Yeah, exactly. All right, so it is Andrew's honor. (laughs) Yeah, I think, you know, it's become a self-fulfilling prophecy at this point where that I pick the movies that are not so good. We should, like, Really do need to go back and look yes. and see. I've our... been keeping track in my notebook. Yeah, okay. Recently, but um, there are probably some that I need to go back and... Okay, maybe when we hit the other yep. 50 episode mark, we can just do a, a breakdown of yeah. who's, who's winning. Because this sure. is a contest. Is this what... is definitely it's... a contest. Um, yeah. <laughs> if you know anything about podcasts and married podcast hosts, yeah. is that everything must be a contest. Yeah, put ourselves against one another. Yeah. It's, uh, keeps it interesting. Keeps the marriage uh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Lots of uh, <laughs> the, the resentment that podcasting uh, generates. Anyway. Well, we already talked about marital woes. Yeah. <laughs> our, our serious marital woes. Oh, yeah. Very, very significant. Irreconcilable rifts forming. Yeah, yeah. We're just doing it for the podcast's sake now, really. Oh, boy. We don't want the podcast to grow up without two hosts. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast belongs to a broken home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Ooh boy. Ooh boy. All right. Anyway. And lighter news. Uh, lighter news. It's my turn to pick <laughs> something terrible. Please pick a, a not so terrible movie. I'll try. All right. Are you ready? I've got my eyes shut. Yes. Okay. Stop. Oh, God. We're watching Cannibal Holocaust. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, okay. Oh god. Cannibal Holocaust. Oh fuck. So, um, as you can tell from our horrified reactions, this movie's reputation precedes it. Not not unlike Pink Flamingos. Uh, Not not too unlike Pink Flamingos from um, what we've gathered. Just, we've done well enough to avoid it until this point. Yeah. Okay, well, um, for those of you who've not heard of this gem this gem the supposed gem let me go ahead and tell you what the guide has to say about it <sighs> so this is a movie from 1979 uh directed by ruggero ruggero deodato um 
All right. This well-directed film with a powerhouse script nearly lives up to its legendary reputation. A journalist and his film crew head to the Amazon to locate the so-called last cannibal tribe. The whole crew disappears, and later their film footage is found, so the network wants to edit it quickly into a sensational story fit for broadcast TV. Cinema verite style, you get a quick sense of what each member of the crew is like, their interpersonal playfulness and testiness while enduring hardships together, their hunger for sensational images to the point they change and even fake some events to validate their presuppositions, then pushing the envelope of engaged journalism, they step into the abyss morally and physically and can no longer retreat, dying more horribly than they could have imagined. The irony runs so deep and the humor is so dark that you can't help feeling Deodato to be just a tad too pleased with himself. And then we also have a second write-up. Okay. So it's one of those movies that... Uh, a twofer. It's a twofer where you had two people reviewing that maybe didn't agree with each other. So let's hear what uh, the second reviewer has to say. Okay. <laughs> if you love shoddily produced, completely brain-dead garbage that gets by on the outrageousness of graphic rape and murder scenes, sexual mutilation, unsimulated cruelty to animals, and blatant racism, then cynically pretends to preach against those things then you probably already have this one hidden under your mattress. Turtles can live for 100 years, so I'm sure they don't mind being split open just so that you can get a boner watching, quote, savages, quote, fondle their guts. Okay, no offense, I have friends who like this movie, but I just don't get it. <sighs> so, that's kind of why cool. we have not seen it until now. Fuck. Well. Alright. I'm going to be watching some scenes through our fingers, apparently. Most yep. of the movie through our fingers, There's going to be some possibly. good... Yeah. Yep. <sighs> we'll make sure to take some anti-nausea meds beforehand. Yeah. Ew. And have some, like, nice, uplifting stuff to watch after. Yeah. <laughs> I think we need to prepare a survival kit. Yeah. Yeah, that <laughs> In is advance. A, probably a fine, survival plan. A fine plan. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll be back with our thoughts and opinions on Cannibal Holocaust after this musical interlude. Hey, you all remember when we said we were going to watch Hannibal Holocaust? Well, fuck that. Uh, fuck that, basically, is what we decided. Uh, just with the the way things have been going for the last couple of weeks, politically, uh, neither of us really were in the mood to watch something that involved, you know, rapes or turtles getting chopped up. So, uh, like, it's not a DQ, it's not getting disqualified, but... Uh, right. Right now, we can't. It's just... It's too much for us at this time. Too much, yeah. So. So we're going to repick. I'm going to (laughs) repick, hopefully, something. Not so potentially traumatic. Right. See, you're ready? I'm ready. Pick something good. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Or else. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to start flipping now. got playgirls and the vampire that's what you picked my pick what now the playgirls and the vampire okay uh i don't know why you didn't understand me the first Uh, time i said that um, (laughs) continue those are the words you tend to hear combined uh yeah usually when people talk about either playgirls or vampires you can't have one without the other so it's from 1960 and it's called a classic horror okay so we'll see about that I'll just read what it says. 
Made in the early days of French horror films, The Playgirls and the Vampire introduced a touch of sexuality to its simple plot. The title is much more titillating than the film. Forced off the road in a violent thunderstorm, five playgirls and their manager find themselves at the castle of Count Cornassi, who is not welcoming to the curvaceous beauties. Until, that is, Vera steps forward and he recognizes her resemblance to his beautiful ancestor Margarita. Just as he bears his own resemblance to his 200-year-old ancestor, a vampire who slumbers in the family crypt. The opening scenes of the crypt itself are possibly the creepiest moments in the film, with a vampire's hand sneaking its way out of its stone-lidded coffin. The sparsely lit black-and-white castle hallways and rooms give the movie a sense of unease, but the inherent silliness of the bump and grinders keep the chills at constant bay. Sort of like Orgy of the Dead in black and white. Okay, cool. well... Uh, well, it doesn't sound anywhere near as traumatic yeah. as Cannibal Holocaust would have been. Right, right. I'm not looking forward to this either. It sounds like it's going to be pretty goofy, but uh, at least we won't want to end our lives after watching it. I'm assuming. Uh, assuming. Probably. I mean, <laughs> probably. Eh. No more than we already do, is what <laughs> Okay, so. So we will actually be back. Properly. Properly back. With our thoughts and opinions on Playgirls and the Vampire after this musical interlude. We're back. We're back. Playgirls and the Vampire. Playgirls and the Vampire. Ooh, Ooh, we can sense our enthusiasm for this movie, I I (laughs) bet, just uh, from the sounds of our voice. Oozing into your ears. God. Like, it took us... This episode has been such a weird... It's had a very weird, like, long and winding road that's gone down. Because we started off by choosing uh, Cannibal Holocaust, which we... fuck that. Fuck that. Well... Uh... In honor of uh, keeping the integrity of our podcast, I've got a surprise for you. I watched Cannibal Holocaust, and uh, I brought a clip for my review, uh, my mini-review of Cannibal Holocaust. Let's, let's roll my clip. Tara and Andrew vs. The Scarecrow Video Movie Guide proudly presents a one-part mini-podcast within a podcast, Andrew reviews Cannibal Holocaust. Now, let's get to the review. <laughs> it is fucked up. Oh, no. This has been Andrew Reviews Cannibal <laughs> Karen Andrew versus Production. <laughs> you actually watched it? I watched it. Oh, my God. When did you do that? Um, it was like a, a spur-of-the-moment decision, like, last Tuesday night or oh something. Oh, my I'm God. Like, uh, and I was asleep? Yeah. You were just like laying in bed and I'm asleep and you're just like let's watch Hannibal let's watch Hannibal Holocaust. Yep, that's exactly Holocaust. what I said. Oh my god. Yeah, uh so I watched it for us. You're, you're welcome. I see you dodged a bullet. <laughs> oh my god, it's it's fucked up. It's pretty much exactly what you would imagine it was, and it's even more unpleasant to watch it than you would think it would be. Oh boy. So uh yeah. Oh boy. Are you half? Do you watch it? I don't. Do you regret it? I don't regret watching it, but I never need to see it again, I'll say. So, 
Okay. <coughs> yeah. There's some very, like, there's a lot of animal killing in that movie. Yeah. A lot of rapes in that movie. Ugh. And it, it just seems like it, it's a movie that thinks that it has a much clearer, uh, important point than it does. Like, it, they don't really know what they were really trying to get at with it, because the whole thing is, like, they're, there's this documentary of these people going out to see this tribe of cannibals out in the jungle, and then it turns out that the documentary makers are scumbags, like, fabricating the the footage basically like and doing all these horrible things to the the tribe to get them to act quote-unquote savage and it's like what are you like what's your point i don't like you're you're decrying kind of exploitative stuff while at the same time being an exploitative like shocking horror movie it's right uh i don't know maybe somebody else has a, a better more uh, nuanced take on it than I do. Please feel free to uh, justify why Cannibal Holocaust is not like a, a piece of shit. It's it's well made, I'll say. Well, yeah, but it's like the content is just well, exactly that's the whole thing. Like if you're gonna have actual animal, yeah, tortures and deaths and like rapes in your film, you gotta really question how the fuck you can come out and say you've got any kind of moral high ground right and like you're making any kind of moral point like fuck that i don't even yeah i mean i'm not even sure they were trying to make a moral i don't know what they were doing yeah i don't know what. or maybe it was more in terms of integrity of filmmakers like you don't fuck with your subjects if you're gonna be making a documentary possibly but it's like it doesn't seem like it's like hammering that point home particularly hard either so i don't I just don't know. Uh, don't don't watch Cannibal Holocaust. So that's your official rating. That's my rating. That's my review. Don't watch. All right. Well, thank you for I guess saving me from that bullet. Yep, and uh, uh, keeping our our podcast integrity intact. You've saved me from that. You've saved me from uh, Human Centipede. Yeah. Well, that one uh, we didn't choose to. I like you see, chose to watch. I it. chose to watch it. You but actively I, chose. Yeah, uh, I watched that like mostly through my fingers so that being said uh playgirls and the vampire the playgirls and the vampire so in summation there were playgirls and there was a vampire the end pretty much it's pretty much much. um so should we get into our pre-spoiler ranking yeah so as usual uh we rate on a five point scale in order from worst to best don't watch maybe don't watch Eh, maybe watch and don't not watch. All right. So do you have your rating in mind? Yeah, I got a rating. Okay, me too. All right. So category one, one two, three. three. Don't maybe watch. don't watch. I I almost said maybe don't watch, and then at the last second I'm like I'm gonna rank it lower because Fair it enough. really it's crappy. It's crappy. Like but... it, it's. I'll, I'll say that it's the only thing that makes me may, maybe want to do like a maybe don't watch yeah. is that it's like dumb in the early 50s. I guess this is it was 1960. Yeah, yeah, but like the 50s and 60s horror movies, the way that bad horror movies back then were kind of charming. It has that kind of dumb charm to it. Yes. So it's not the worst movie no. we've seen. I'm just going to I'm going to upgrade my ranking to maybe don't watch. I'm oh, okay. Second, thinking it. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, there are much better uh, horror movies from the 50s and 60s. There are much better Italian horror movies from, like, the early 60s. I think you'd be better served by looking up something from Mario Bava, for example. Um, But 
that said, like, if you're looking for specifically an early 1960s Italian horror film about vampires where there are some boobs sometimes, like, maybe this is the movie for you. Yeah, maybe. Uh, uh, you know, whatever, whatever floats your boat, I guess. But it was very cliched, but apparently it kind of, in some ways, made a cliche. It was the genesis of a cliche. In horror. Apparently. Apparently, from we'll, what we can tell. We'll, so we'll talk about we'll that a little bit more. We'll circle back around to that, yeah. Yeah. So should we get into the plots? Yeah. So to start off with, we are introduced to this swell group of folks on a bus. So it's five delightful playgirls, and there are two dudes who go with them. So one's a piano player, and the other is their manager. So they are driving through some storm on their way to wherever they're going to perform next so they're playgirls and they just do dancing on a, tour. on a tour apparently but they don't seem very worried about getting anywhere at any particular date yeah they're just trying to get away from where they were um and as they're driving they're having issues and they run into someone who says oh sorry that you're not going to be able to really get further you should turn back um you know, there's nothing up ahead here, and the road's really bad. And then the manager, um, a, a delightful man named Lucas, says, "Oh well, we can't go back. They they will not welcome us. We left uh, owing them money, so we have to go forward." Um, so mysterious man on the road says, "Well, okay, there's a castle up ahead, but they uh, you shouldn't go there. You should just turn back around." And they're all like, "Ooh, castle! Ooh. Let's let's definitely go there." Well, we should absolutely go there because who would you know? Obviously, who would turn down the opportunity to stay at a castle yeah. in a storm? So the group shows up at this castle and uh, are immediately met by a groundskeeper who says, "Oh, hey, you know what? You're not welcome here. There's nobody at home," and I can't let you in. They're like, what? But we're stuck in a storm. We have to stay here. We can't go back. He's like, nope, sorry. And the manager's like, nobody here, eh? I see a light on. And he goes and knocks on the door and is met by the housekeeper who also says, uh, we don't welcome visitors, but I'm not allowed to turn you out myself. So let me go get the owner of the castle. (laughs) So, So she returns with the owner of the castle who repeats, like, hey, we really don't want visitors. This it, is a private property. We don't want visitors. Lucas and the rest of them are all just so pushy. Like, they're just so like, pushy. They're like, oh, well, we're going to stay here then, though, because we need to stay here. So Because we really want to stay here. Yeah, so we're going to do it. And thank you, and uh, get out of our way. Let us in. And, and you need to be, you need to, you need to host us. So uh, show us your hospitality. Yeah, so they're super, super pushy and dickish about it. Uh, so they force themselves, basically, into an invitation to stay at this castle. Yeah. Cool. So already, already, you know, just enamored with this group of people. Like, you're rooting for them. They all seem... Like, real... Delightful. Very, very fun, nice. You know. Very nice. Like, of course, these are the kind of people you would want to have visit your home in the yeah. middle of the night. Right. So, uh, they meet Count Gabor. It's his castle. And he immediately is like, okay, make yourselves at home. However, please note that, you know, after night falls, you really should stay in your room. Please don't go wandering around the castle. You might hear funny sounds, but just ignore them. 
and really, really stay in your room and just don't wander around. A, a reasonable request for yeah. somebody that is letting you stay in their castle for free. Like, for oh, free? Sure. <laughs> I'm imposing on you. Yeah, you have a lot of space in your castle, admittedly, but still, like, still. I, I can mind my own business. And... It's seven people as well. Shit. He has to find space for seven people. Right. Out of nowhere. Yeah. So, like, yeah, cut the dude some slack. Right. Uh, well, one of the playgirls, Katya, decides, nah, I want to go take a shower, and I'm just going to go wander around, and so she she's, like, walking around to go try and take a shower, and then she sees a cat, she's like, oh, well, I better follow this cat, and she follows this cat up uh, several staircases. Which I would do, too, if I saw a cat. Well, of course. Like, oh, ooh, there's a cat. Well, of course. I mean, <laughs> duh, you're going to see a cat, you're going to want to pet that cat. Yeah. Um, she already broke that rule of don't leave your room and wander around. Right. So she wanders around, ends up dying. Then morning comes, and the rest of the group's looking for her, and her body is found outside the castle grounds. She uh, had apparently fallen from a window or a ledge or something higher up in the castle. And everybody's just like, oh, she's dead. Well, we better uh, keep go practice more for a tour. Yeah. And like that's about it. Yeah, they like they have like oh well, let's bury her. They, a very kind of ramshackle cross to mark her grave, and it's like oh, that's good enough, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. She just is a member of our five person group. It's not like a huge like no. group. They they just lost a fifth of their a, their a, a fifth cast. Of the cast, and they just decide to leave her corpse at this random castle, and they don't try to like notify any family or anything. They're just like, oh, well, put her corpse in a hole here and put up some sticks as a cross and goodbye. Playgirls die all the time, I guess. It's really, they're very expendable. Apparently they were a dime a dozen. So they they go through their very brief uh, grieving process, very brief. And uh, then the, maybe it's, I don't, I don't think it's after it that the Count pulls uh, one of the playgirls aside, Vera, and is like, wow, you look real familiar you look a lot like this lady that was in my family margarita uh like she sees a picture of her and then he's like oh yeah could be basically her reincarnation right and she's like oh that's weird and he's like yeah uh just you know make sure that you stay in your room don't really seriously it's really important that you don't go anywhere because uh for reasons that i can't get into (laughs) right now we find out that they're stuck there at the castle too because the river has risen and, and trapped them so there's no no getting back on the road for their whatever the hell their tour is. Right. So um, they're hanging out at the castle, and then Vera goes out wandering at night for some reason. I don't even remember why she leaves uh, her room. She. Well, I think she was like kind of trying to figure out how Katya was killed or something. I don't know. Maybe. Well, I don't like, know. We but... watched this movie yesterday, and it's already <sighs> just out of our brains. Yeah. Like, Full disclosure, I fell asleep while uh, we were watching it the first time, and so I had to rewatch the last 30 minutes of it or so on, like, one and a half speed to really just get through <laughs> it as quickly as I could. And, uh, yeah, even then I had to, like, stand up to not fall asleep again. I'm just, my brain was actively rejecting making any memories of this movie, I feel like, as I was watching it. I'm like, right. all right, what, what are we doing? Like, my brain's like, nope, don't even, you don't even need to watch this. Just, let's just, like, white noise. Um... But uh, I, I got I got the gist of it. Anyway, so uh, Vera goes outside. She goes to Katya's grave, and oh, her grave has been dug up mysteriously. Oh, weird. And then she sees the Count like hanging out. She's like tries to approach him, and he 
kind of T-1000s themselves backwards into the shrubbery and vanishes. Yeah, he totally pulled a a, a wild Spicer move. <laughs> yeah. Spice man. Yeah, Spice man. Spice man into the bushes. Yep. And uh, the housekeeper shows up and, and Vera's trying to like talk to her about it and the housekeeper's just like, oh, you know, mind your own business. That, that's nothing to be concerned about. Don't worry about where your, your friend's body went either. <laughs> right. NBD, basically. NBD. And so they are hanging around because they can't leave. They're stuck there for the night again. And uh, we see Lucas in his bedroom and he's looking at like a girly mag. Yeah. And he's like making googly eyes at it and kissing and stuff at the magazine. And it's just like, ugh, this is... And then he's like tucked himself into bed and he tucks the magazine into bed next (laughs) to him on the pillow. Like nestles into it like "Mm, magazine. The only woman that can stand to be near me. And so he's going to sleep and then Katya shows up and she's vaguely threatening him and he's screaming and like, ooh, the, the, the dead playgirl's back. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, no. And uh, the other playgirls and whatever his name, Frank, the piano player, rush into his room. I think Frank was there. Who cares? Yeah, who cares? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> subtitle for the movie. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, and they're like, oh, well, Katya has by this point disappeared. And so they're like, oh, you were just having a dream. Take some pills. The solution to all maladies is just take pills, apparently. And he's like, yeah, you're right. I'll just, it was just a dream. Good night. And it's like, what even was the point of that? Was like, was Katya going to eat him and then thought better of it i don't i don't know understand it's not even she's a vampire she's been vampirized we should say just yeah and and ever since she was vampirized she just walks around naked by the way yeah (laughs) so that happens and then the the next day vera is again meandering around uh sticking her nose in where it doesn't belong and she goes down into the basement which is just like the, the typical like Dr. Frankenstein style laboratory, and she sees that Katya's there, right? Her body is there. Uh, yeah, she is, and so sh- she's like, "What are you doing with her body?" The, the the short version is he's trying to find a cure for vampirism. Yeah. She's like, "This is all perfectly fine. Your friend's dead body is on a table here, but don't worry about it. Just listen to my authoritative tone when I explain to you that everything is under control." But- yeah. Yeah. He he just gives her like the most basic not like non answer answer that is just like a bunch of non he gives her some nonsense and she's just like, Oh, okay, I buy that. Yeah. No like no No questioning. Questioning at all. Like, oh hey, here's some supernatural shit. I'm just gonna throw it out there uh with no further explanation and that's it. Yep. Oh, well fine then. Oh, oh, okay. Well if it's that supernatural shit, cool. Yeah. We're good. So, after finding the laboratory, goes to nighttime again, and Vera is in her room, and then she's like, you know what, I'm just gonna go walk around. And there's no real clear reason why. She, she hears, like... Oh, she hears, like, a weird sound at her door, and yeah. she's like, oh, well, let me just go hear that. Uh, let's go listen. Even though she knows that the dude who she's staying with is supposedly trying to find a cure for vampirism. And I think he... And he clearly tells her, like, again, don't walk outside your room at night. It is not safe for you. Even if you hear voices, don't go outside of your room yeah. at night. And yeah. I think that's what it is. Like, she hears a voice saying, like, 
Why are you at her door? Like, yeah. And then she's like, well, well, I, I, I mean, go. this, this time it's okay. Probably this, this one time, time it's probably fine. Uh, so she leaves the room and ends up going down to the basement where she runs into a vampire who looks just like Count Gabor. Yeah. But he doesn't seem to really like recognize her uh, or he doesn't talk to her. He just basically attacks her and, and, and gets his chompers right into her juicy mm-hmm. neck. Drinks up a bunch of her blood. Yep. And she's just like, oh, okay then. Um, well, she's not that cavalier about no. it. <laughs> well, she's just getting bitten. And then all of a sudden she wakes up and she's in bed uh, where she's met by the housekeeper who tries to tell Vera, oh, you've been sick. You were sleeping all night and... But you were sick and I was watching over you. You were having really weird dreams. Shouting about a monster. Shouting. And I just want to let you know that I, I just stayed by your bedside all night to make sure you're okay. And you're just like, huh. All right. Well, cool. good. That was a dream. Good. That wasn't real then. And she goes and looks at the mirror and sees um, some chomper marks in her <laughs> neck. And is like, oh, huh. All right. Well, I'm just going to go wander around again. Yeah. <laughs> so she runs around the castle and she ends up seeing Count Gabor and she's like, oh, fuck, no, you bit me. Yeah. I'm going to run away from you. So she goes running down hallways. And then she's like randomly trying to open a door to get into another room, get away from Gabor. And she opens the door and surprise, look it, it's Gabor. Oh, wait a second. No, it's the vampire who looks exactly like Count Gabor. So Vera's like, oh, shit. Yeah. Wait, what? And she's like looking back and forth between the two. And it's that whole cartoon <laughs> sort of thing. Yeah. So the Count fights the vampire. And in the fight, the Count wins and the vampire dies a really, really horrible comical death. Yeah. It would be really charming if it wasn't for like the fact that the rest of the movie has been like just so dull and just like shoestring yeah. together. Yeah. Like just a really ridiculous animated yes. death for the vampire. We'll have it in our show notes. Uh, it's pretty good. Yeah. So vampire dies. Katya's been killed by the vampire bef- yeah. before the Yeah, Katya. Fight. Yeah, Katya. The vampire like staked her. So we find out that the vampire uh, was called Zoltan apparently. Yeah. And he was one of Count Gabor's ancestors who turned into a vampire. And so that's why Gabor was trying to find a cure for vampirism. So he could save his ancestor from it. Who seemed, honestly, to be doing totally fine. Yeah, if Vera hadn't shown up and looked so much like his wife, it would have been totally like that. Presumably it would have been fine. Right. Yeah, so the housekeeper um, is like telling this whole story to Vera about... Yeah, so Gabor, he really just needed to kill him, but he never had the heart to do it because it was his ancestor. But thankfully, you came along and then he had to kill Zoltan. So good job. Yeah. And then Vera's like, okay, well, we're going to get on the bus now and drive away. (laughs) And then that's the end of the movie. (laughs) Pretty much. Like, she, (laughs) the housekeeper's like, you should go console him. And she does. And they're like, well, bye now. The river's uh, receded. The river's gone. (laughs) We're, We're going. Yeah. And. The weirdest part that I, the only, <laughs> I picked up on when I was doing my uh, watch of the part that I'd fallen asleep through is that um, as they're leaving the house, she says goodbye to Count Gabor and they're like, oh, we'll get together shortly. I need to wrap up some new sins or whatever. So she, she bids Count Gabor and the housekeeper 
goodbye and then she's walking to the bus and then like somebody hands her flowers and she's like oh thanks zoltan and then gets on the bus and it's like wait whoa 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 wait a minute wait a minute like it's not like they don't play like a twist ending or anything like that it's just like the back of some dude handing her flowers and that's it just i was like wait i was like watching me kind of sputter confusedly at the computer for like two or three minutes i'm like but is that the vin but he was dead and then did i hear that right do i need to like Replay. I did replay it a couple of times just to make sure that I wasn't uh, like mishearing or misunderstanding anything. But no, for like maybe the groundskeeper was also named Zoltan. I don't. I have no idea. And the funny thing is, like, I totally didn't pick up on it when I watched it yesterday. I think by that point I was just like, okay, yeah, fine, drive yeah, away. Yeah, and then, like, and then I was like waking you up, like, yeah. hey, haha, you slept. <laughs> I'm not watching this again, by the way. <laughs> yeah, to... by the way, you get to watch it by yourself now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so I was probably too too, too to caught be. up in, in that to caught the uh, final line of the film. Yeah. Oh no. Oh. The <laughs> maybe twist ending, but who knows? Like I feel like we're giving I think it, more it was not than... smart enough to have had yeah. a twist ending. Yeah. Like the whole plot was written in the service of trying to make these scenes come together. Like, oh, we want to have ladies who dance and their boobies show sometimes, <laughs> and then also we want to have a vampire and we want to have a castle. So uh, there we go. Let's. Uh, how do we make this happen? Got it. Got it. Let's kind of stitch these uh, visuals together into a movie and done. Done. Print. Yep. Roll credits. Roll credits. And they do. So, yeah. Uh, Playgirls and the Vampire. Yay. That's that's the story. And that's the story of the Playgirls and the Vampire. <sighs> so, there really is not a lot of additional supplementary information we can find about mm. this. So it was made by Piero Regnoli, who was an Italian screenwriter and director, mostly screenwriter. He was like super, super prolific with regards to screenwriting. I think he was involved in filmmaking for like 40-ish years and he wrote 110 screenplays. It's like, what, two and a half screenplays? Right. Quarter screenplays a year. That's uh, quite a lot. I mean, if they're all of this quality, maybe it's not as big of an accomplishment. Right. But... Um, I did want to just mention a couple of the uh, titles of other movies that he'd written that I, I thought were kind of indicative of the, the shape of his career. So, um, and they smell the strange, exciting, dangerous scent of dollars. Like, what? <laughs> okay. Uh, cry of a prostitute. <sighs> and then, uh, my favorite, uh, Malabimba, the malicious whore. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. Okay, we got your number, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think you might have some issues with women. Uh, yeah. Possibly. You might have a few a few women issues. Yeah. That was uh, <laughs> that scene where Lucas was kissing at the magazine. Was just I think that was like life. just Piero Regnoli. Yeah. I was like, I do this every night. Yep. Totally normal. I think the audience is. He's really... like the hero of the film, and nobody realizes it. <laughs> yeah. <Ooh. laughs> Let's, I've, I've uh, got a fun idea. There's there's three different taglines that were used in the movie. Yeah. So I'm going to read them to you. And then when you hear something that sounds uh, disingenuous or inaccurate, you just say ding, ding, ding. Okay. Okay. Cool. Let's <laughs> so, do it. So, all right. Five playgirls walked innocently into, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> into his arms, only to meet the devil in ding, the ding, flesh. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, that's, that's tagline one. Tagline two. 
uh, an unusual story of <laughs> unnatural love and desire. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> so bold, so ding, ding, shocking, ding, 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 ding. it must be shown to adults only. Yeah, that, that's the real, the real doozy of this of the three. But uh, finally, tagline number three: She knew. Ding ding ding. ding. <laughs> When she felt his lips on her, that there was no other man for her. <laughs> if, there, if this was a man. <laughs> like, he was a man! He was a he man! He was totally a man! Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> just an, just like, oh, like, shit. Yeah, what are we gonna fucking say about this movie? I don't know. And we don't really know what she knew. Yeah, yeah so... Like, there was never any indication no of that oh god okay <laughs> i mean you say things to especially as a woman like you learn that there are times where you just go along with something a man says because it's the easiest course of action like you're trying to like not get any sort of like abuse or hurt or whatever done to you so you just like yeah whatever you say that sounds right and then yeah. you just try to get yourself out of the situation so who knows? That's probably a good part of what Vera was doing for yeah. this movie. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh yes, yes, no, this makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. 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 So apparently, and and this we're giving we're stating this with a big pinch of salt because for some reason it just seems like too much to credit this movie for. Right. Uh, but Wikipedia and some book claim that this is the first movie. In horror, where a group of travelers is stranded, quote, at a malevolent and evil place. Which um, is very... Suspicious. Suspicious. Yeah. 1960, no other movie had been centered on the idea of people being stranded in an evil, malevolent place. Not even castle, just place in yeah. general. Yeah. So, I don't know that we buy that. I found, like, the quote from the book. There, The book was scanned on Google Books online. I was able to find it. And it kind of gives a little more context or leeway with regards mm-hmm. to that claim because it says that it's the first of its genre, but then it's like, what, what genre? genre? Right. Because if you're talking like Italian horror films, maybe, maybe because there weren't very many Italian horror films before this, from what we can see from some of the things I read, horror had never been very big in terms of film draws. Um, in Italy, especially not vampire films, until Hammer released Dracula between nineteen fifty eight and nineteen sixty, somewhere in that time frame. And then Italian audiences were like, Oh yeah, this is pretty cool. So now we have Play Girls and the Vampire. So yeah, if if you're if you wanna like be that narrow and say Yeah, this was the first time this happened in an Italian horror film, okay, maybe I'll give it to you. But otherwise I'm not sure I buy it. They're trying to like give this movie more credit than it seems like it deserves i yeah. feel like so yeah there you go that's that's uh what we learned about the playgirls and the vampire yay Woo! and uh so that's pretty much it for this episode i did want to mention that we have started doing uh video game streaming so we're, we're getting <laughs> getting onto the the streaming bandwagon but just in time i think that it's going to be a very uh popular move for us to just start doing it right now <laughs> and so we've been uh Playing. We've only done one episode at the time that we're recording this, but we're, should we do the next one today, too? Sure. Think? But we're going to have another episode out probably before you hear this, I, I suspect, um, where we're, we're playing this really dumb adventure game called The Council, 
and the the first episode that we recorded has really bad audio on our part so you can't really hear most of what we're saying so maybe don't watch that one necessarily we'll, we'll kind of recap to the best of our extent when we do this second part it's an adventure game where you're this really obnoxious guy who's looking for his mommy and he's got the the most ridiculous chin and jawline you've ever seen and he's on this island with george washington and napoleon bonaparte and yeah there's all sorts of conspiracies going on and it's real dumb. Like, it's very, really, It's so dumb. Like, the, the gameplay itself is kind of neat, but the writing and the acting is pretty bad. So if you want to uh, watch and listen to us uh, play and make fun of that, you can check out our YouTube channel, which is just Tara and Andrew Versus, uh, on YouTube. There you go. Yep. Or on Twitch. Yeah. So, uh, thank you to both for a longest user song lately off the album Setting the Paces. Thank, thank you, you both. Thank you, Boats. Uh, we would also like at this point to encourage you very strongly to patronize and support your local independent video stores check out scarecrow if you're in the seattle area or if you ever pass through um otherwise i'm sure there's a decent chance that there's a a cool store nearby you that could use your dollars yeah I, i think i've gone into a couple times but streaming services give the illusion that they have everything available, but that's not really the case. No. Um, so these independent video stores are really the the true catalog owners for all these rare movies obscure. and obscure things yeah. that you're not going to be able to find anywhere else. Um, so if that's something that you value, that you value like we do, then um, please do consider supporting that. Yeah, please. And then, of course, if you have any comments, you can send us an email, turnandrewverses at gmail.com, Facebook, turnandrewverses, blah, blah, blah. We're all over the internet now. If you're enjoying this podcast, please, you know, feel free to leave us a little review, tell your friends. Shoot us an email. Shoot us an email. Anything. Anything. Um, you know, it, it, it does help. It helps our morale, if nothing it helps, else. If nothing else, it helps the morale. But. Yeah. So, uh, until next time, catch, catch you, you later, later, potato, potato heads. heads.